Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is your official spoiler warning. If you have not watched ER Season 12, Episode 7, titled The Human Shield, uh, we're going to give away some major plot points um, that you will also be able to pick up if you watch ER Season 12, uh, Episode 8, because you can kind of miss episodes in this show and they kind of just fill you in in the next episode. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Mm. But still, spoiler warning, if you are wanting to follow us on our ER journey, we're about to chat about episode seven in the season 12 of ER. But don't like not listen. Just listen. It's fine. There's plenty of other ER episodes you can watch. Yeah. George Clooney's not even in this season. Tell you who is, though. John John Leguizamo. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to er Arama, a podcast <laughs> where Mish and Zach watch an episode of ER each week. Uh, just joking, this is Leguizamarama, but right now we are doing er Arama season where we are watching John Leguizamo's 13-ish episode yeah. arc on season 12 of ER. Um, my name is Zachary Thomas Ruane. You might know me as um, someone whose favourite genre of telev- of network weekly television probably is the sitcom yeah. or the police procedural. Oh, really? Love a good... Uh, I don't watch any of them anymore, yeah. but I did love a good police procedural in my time. I'm yeah. joined, as always, by... Um, my uh, esteemed host, she thinks of herself as a Rebel Wilson, but I think she's more of a Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on a conversation from earlier. <laughs> I'm not just throwing out these things. Uh, it's Mish Wittrup, who you might know from having what favourite genre of? Primetime Prime network time television. Network, Re- reality television. television. Reality, reality television. TV. Oh, I didn't even think that was an option. It is. I think of that as basic cable. No, because it's on network television as well. Like, I don't love maths. I don't love the block. But to me, that's all reality TV. Yeah. And that's probably what I'll end up watching if network television is on. But to be honest with you, I watch so little network TV. My partner works from home and he has network television on in the background pretty much all day. So whenever I get home, he's watching Hot Seat. I look, so the only other person I know, someone I work with, Brad and Kelly, it's weird when I work with someone that other that people know as well, mm. but he watches TV. He'll have TV on mm. 
And I didn't know, I don't know anyone else in my age group that does it. And, I, and, and there you go. When I had boyfriend. an office, when I had boyfriend. an office, my boyfriend, <laughs> when I had an office, uh, when I had an office job, but I was working from home. So my full time yeah. job, I used to watch the news in the morning while I had my breakfast as when we're in lockdown. That's smart. Um, and that was network television. Yeah. yeah. News. I like the news. I, we, I went to a wedding recently, uh, in Noosa, Queensland, And the accommodation I was staying at only had TV. It didn't Mm. have like Netflix and stuff. Um, And so I was like forced to watch TV and I had the most amazing time. That's great. It was, um, what did I watch? It was like, I just, I watched like, I think I watched like the 7.30 report or Four Corners and I watched Foreign Correspondent on ABC, which is fascinating. Mm. Just like not algorithm based. It was just like, here is an important story. Yeah. That is not opinion and it's not like feeding into your biases. It's just, here's a story. And I was just like, wow. And you catch some really interesting movies on network television because they don't want to play the ones that are really popular on streaming services mm. because no one watches them. So you end up catching some really, really good quality shit and Harry Potter. Harry Potter's on network television now all the time. Well, do you know what? I, I um, SBS World Movies, I just haven't watched at all. You know this one? It's one of SBS's yeah, yeah. digital channels. And then I just watched this movie called, um, it's called Les Miserables. Um, mm. uh, but it's not a <laughs> beautiful French film with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, um, it's like a contemporary... <laughs> World movies, SBS, and Scott, Anne Hathaway. I dreamed. No, 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 no. <laughs> I never dreamed my life could I be. I want to say to you. I saw a TikTok recently of the musical of Les Miserables where a guy's. Have you said? Did I send yeah, it to you? Yeah, you sent it to me. Um, the the thing that I loved was the uh, was it the little British uh, dude. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Ah, uh, fucking Red Maid. Yeah. His Red Maid. Eddie no. Red yeah. <laughs> empty chairs at empty tables. No, he's um, Amanda Seyfried. I never dream. Well, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the truth. But, but what I was saying is this movie, the, the, this wasn't the point, but I just thought it was a good film recommendation. It's called Les Miserables. And it's set, it's a contemporary film. Mm. And where, um, uh, the, there's a the, the like master of the house. I'm pretty sure that scene is set. And also where the book was written is in this neighborhood of Paris, like, like yeah. a, a suburb of Paris. And now it's, um, a very ethnically diverse, uh, place with a lot of social housing. And it's a contemporary film called Les Miserables, but it's talking about how not much has actually changed. Incredible film. Great. And I, I would I never have, have watched Well, I wanted to watch it, but, you know, it's one of those ones you'd never get around to. But it was just on the TV and I had to watch it because it was like if I didn't watch it, it would it would go away. Yeah, that's, fuck that's you. Television exactly. Works. Exactly. <laughs> I have two things to say off the back of what you just said. Mm-hmm. One will shock you mm-hmm. and one's just a bit funny. Yeah. Which one would you like first? Um, I, do you know what? I want to hear the one that will shock me. Not because I think it will shock me. I'm curious to think what you think will shock me. I think it's, I think it's a, you've made, I think, here's what I think. Try and guess what the one it is. I don't want to guess what it is. I want to guess what I think it is. I think you've made a judgment call on me having made a judgment call on you. And you think it will shock me because you think I have an idea in my head of who you are. Yes. I think it's going to be that you've seen this film. 
Okay. Or something of that effect. I think it's going to be something like, you think I think you're a big dum-dum when I don't. <laughs> no. Okay. No. This is this is what it is. You're like you're teetering on the line, but same ballpark, different game. Right. I have never seen Les Mis. Oh, that's fine. Does it shock you a little bit? The, are you talking about the the musical? Any of them? I've never seen Lame the musical or the weird. Because it wouldn't shock me that you've seen that you haven't seen the like. No, I've never the seen the realist <laughs> uh, French hard hitting. No, I've never seen in full the musical Les Mis. I've seen scenes from Les Mis. I've definitely seen some friends of mine sing songs from Les Mis, but I have never, ever seen Les Mis. That's fair. I mean, it's been, if you ever go to London, mm. you can see it there because it's been playing in London, mm. except with the exception of the pandemic. Yeah. It was playing nonstop for like 30 years. Yeah, I should That's probably That's a strange see. thing to see a play that like when everyone on stage, there were like a lot of the people on stage weren't even alive when the play yeah. started. Like in Australia, you just think plays run for a few mm. months. So to be like, this has been running for 30 years. Insane. Um, the other fun thing. Uh, that you just reminded me of is about free tier TV and SBS. When I was younger um, and I couldn't sleep, I used to sneak into the lounge room and watch late night SBS because it was quite pornographic. Yeah. Um, like uh, a lot of international films that were very porny. It was the most porny you were going to get mm. of any. God, it's funny. And I just remember I, I couldn't tell you what the movie was about. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I know that it was a Japanese film mm. and um I just remember a man ripping off a woman's pants consensually wow, yeah. um, and she had a full bush. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. And then um, he knelt down and talked to her bush. Wow. And she just kind of stood there kind of like. SBS is so Like funny. just happily t- like standing there. She wasn't doing anything, but he was kneeling down and speaking Japanese at her vagina. That's amazing. Didn't do anything. Didn't touch it. Didn't whatever. Was just having a full blown conversation with her full blown bush. I feel sad for the generation below us that they like, you know, if they want to see like hardcore pornography, they just Google hardcore mm. pornography. We had to find ways around it. We like, got creative. We had to quietly have mm. television playing and hope mm. and hope mm. that I feel like I reckon I can't even think of how to word this, but I reckon like a lot of our generation's sexuality is probably informed by like a sense of mm. waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the I idea have, of like. I have very specific moments that I remember. Oh, this is fun. A little trip down memory lane of like uh, moments of like discovering sexuality. Yeah. Um, I remember really clearly. So my dad used Just to. Just a reminder sometimes you forget that you're recording. So we are recording. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, no, 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 this is not that, wait, it's not that bad. <laughs> My dad used to work interstate and he'd come home on Fridays and stayed or Sundays. And on Friday night, we'd go to bed and mum and dad would watch a movie. And yeah. it was their time together. And it was very much like, it's bedtime. You're not allowed out of your room. And they would literally just watch a movie and like have a cup of tea or piece of cake or whatever. And I would often crawl out of my room. I was probably oh. about five or six and I would go and I'd hide behind the couch because you could crawl a certain way where they couldn't see you and you could hide behind the couch and I would watch the movie that they were watching. I, For for example, I have really, really vivid memories of them watching Pulp Fiction and me putting my head and being like, whoa, because of all the guns and stuff. But I remember really clearly watching Dirty Dancing from behind mm. the couch and the sex scene in that where they dance like... Boom, 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 
when your baby, such a good scene. Um, and I remember watching it and seeing them like do sexy dancing and then ultimately have sex. And I remember at like six going, Oh, like that's what that is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think at that point I'd asked, I must've asked my mum where the babies come from or something, or the concept of what sex was, was, a you know, this is how it was described to me in the early nineties anyway. Like when a man and a woman get together, blah, blah, blah. And I remember seeing it and being like, Oh, oh. so it was like a very, very distinct memory. I also <laughs> remember I would have, I stole my sister's dolly magazine. I was probably about nine. This is bringing back dollies and, um, girlfriends, like Cleo's like my older sister had like mm. the, um, the, the, what, where they would like put the magazine in backwards and mm. you had to rip the sealed yes. section. Yes. The sealed oh section. Oh my God. I remember I, my the sister section. had a bunch. She would have been about 12 and I would have probably been about 10. Yeah. Nine. And um, I stole some of her dolly magazines so that had a sealed funny. section. And I remember reading um, a confession or a question. I'm um, Dolly Doctor. It was a Dolly Doctor. It was like, and it said something along the lines of like, I was masturbating and a fake nail fell <sighs> off. And then the doctor was like, it's fine. This happens. If you're unable to retrieve it yourself, um, ask someone that you trust or um, uh, tell someone you trust to take you to the hospital and they can whatever. And that was my first, oh, that's what masturbating is. Like, I didn't realize that you could do that to yourself. You know what I mean? I remember uh, my older sister had- a- Are these inappropriate stories for the pod? Yeah. yeah I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who's listening? <Yeah. laughs> Mish, this is our Sunday hangout time. <laughs> I'm just telling you about when I discovered masturbation. We're not doing this. Hey, for- Zach, let me tell you a story about how I discovered masturbation. I, um, I remember my older sister had- um, a like a Clio or a Cosmopolitan and there was a sealed section. That was next level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was a bit older. I was more like 12, 13. Mm. And it had like, it was like a, it was a, it was a sealed section about sex positions oh. and they had black and white, tasteful black and white photographs. Mm. Um, but they weren't like, like they were like probably M, right? But I just was like, oh my yeah. God. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh sealed my sections god, were incredible. I also remember, like, um, there was a section in one of her magazines about how to put in a tampon, oh. and like it looks like the tampon went all the way into your stomach. Yeah, and I remember freaking out, going, "I'm not going to be able to get it up that high. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to get it up that high." That's Dolly was great. I learned so much from Dolly. I had a very open family, like in terms yeah. of like if I asked my mum a question, she was a nurse. So yeah. I'm pretty sure I asked her where the babies come from and she gave me like she the breakdown the of answer. like, yeah. which this is, is I what think it is. The right. Well, I didn't have that, but I think oh, that's, that's what the I right got. Way to do well, it, that's yeah. absolutely what I got. But Dolly, Dr. Truth, Dolly taught me so much shit. Um, I think I've told this might be a bit TMI. So spoiler warning <laughs> to TMI my life. warning. Yeah, it's a big TMI warning. I don't know TMI why I'm telling I would tell my friend Zach this. I don't know if I would tell the public. You don't have to. Do you want to have a think about it? Do you want to share this with I will tell you after. listeners? You can tell it me now, but just you don't have to share this. Okay, I will you tell you. No, no, no. I've, I've filtered it in my head to be able to tell it without right. like expanding it too much. Right. Um, I, I just want you to know as to the listener. This is to the listener. We don't, we don't hold much from you. No. But sometimes it's for your own sake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. For your own sake. Yeah. And also mine for the future. I don't want this to be sound bit and brought into my career. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? This part can be. Um, Dolly Doctor taught me heaps about like sex and masturbating and self-love and like my own body and like, you know, all the bits and pieces of what of the female anatomy and all of that. I just wish at some point in my youth, Mm -hmm. someone told me what queefing was. (laughs) I'm going to end it there. But no one told me what that was. I love that you're concerned. You've done TikToks about queefing. Yeah. All right. So I had sex once. <laughs> no, I didn't know what it was. So when it happened the first time. There's a lot of I stuff. I freaked There's out. There's a lot of, like, I, I'll tell you what my overshare mm. is. I remember the first time I had sex, I was, like, surprised with the placement of the vagina. I mm. thought it was, like, front facing like a penis. But it's Oh, no, more, it's in. Yeah. It's, yeah. More, de- it's yeah. more down. Yeah. And I thought it was front face. I could have told you this if you'd asked. Well, you weren't around. <laughs> I was really surprised. I was like, how, how mm. is the penis yeah. meant to go in this? They're going in different directions. This is, a, this is also interesting shit. Um, <laughs> I uh, grew up major- mostly with women. As explained only five minutes earlier, my dad was interstate a lot mm-hmm. or overseas mm-hmm. a lot. So for work. So he wasn't around very much. So I grew up mostly with my mum and my sister. And I also, as I've talked about many times on this fucking podcast, went to an all girls school. Mm. So I didn't have a lot of men around mm. um, or boys. And I all, it always fucking bothered me that women sit down to pee and men stand up to pee. Mm. But what happens when a man needs to poo and pee at the same time? Now I know the answer now, but I was like, I was just like, what do they do? Do they, does their body not register that? Like if you pee and then you go, oh, now I need to poo and you sit down because women, if we pee and we need to poo, we just go. It's like, sometimes you can't help it. Like, especially if you need to poo, often you poo and then you just happen to pee at the same Mm. time. It just happens. And I was like, what the fuck do men do? Do they sit down, stand up? Do they shit themselves? Do they like, what I had, I genuinely had no idea. And then um, when I was like, 17 I asked my boyfriend at the time the guy I was seeing at the time I have to ask you this question like what do you do and he told me and I was like oh that makes perfect sense but that's what just did, one of what those, did he tell you you hold it down you just hold your penis down you wee yeah yeah and I was like well of course that makes a lot of sense but that's another one of those moments where I'm like I learned something that I'd never it's, I'd never considered before I was just like I just did I was racking my brain as to what men do I can't tell you if you want to like get into the like territory of like weird things men are made to feel ashamed of, uh, like in that sort of strawberry, like pink milk, strawberry milk being not something you should choose to drink, even if you want to. How weird. Right. That's definitely one. But the biggest one is shame around sitting, sitting down to pee. I'm not saying that's like a bad thing. I like, I'm not. Do some men sit down to pee just because? Like I genuinely, there's like a part of me that's like, no, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, of course. There just are times where you're like, I can't be bothered standing. And what, you just hold down your penis? Yeah, you sit down to pee. It works. The, the, like you can absolutely sit down to pee. It's it's sometimes the, the thing to do. If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling mm. like, it's like, I think what the great thing that, that, that people with penises have is they can choose. They have the choice to mm. stand or sit. But there's this really weird thing that like sitting to pee, like I grew up under the impression that sitting to pee was like emascula- emasculating. And like, it's, I'm not saying That's so this, interesting. I'm not saying this like I'm really not putting this in any category of like, it's hard for men. It's mm. like, it's just a really weird thing that like genuinely like, 
like to sit down to pee is mm. like. Have you ever had this discussion with other men? Thing to do. Is that something men can talk about together? Well, but, I mean, do you talk about your peeing with girls? Like, yeah. it's not like people talk. No, but I could. Like, and I'm sure I have. Would could I? Would I? Have I? Yeah, I'm sure I've talked about it a bit. I don't know. It's never really come up. Okay. Yeah. Until now. Slide into our DMs if you've also felt shame. Shame around sitting (laughs) to to pee. pee. Yeah. Or like... uh, Oh, here's another thing. This this was weird. Um, When I went to university, I lived with three boys. I lived with um, Zach Sam and Tim, uh, who we we all know and love. And uh, it was... No no one knows. Yeah, that's true. I reckon if if they're listening to this podcast, they probably know who Sam is. Yeah. But I've mentioned before that I lived with Zach, Sam, and a guy named Tim. Yeah. I have mentioned that. And Sam, Sam, Sam Lingham of Auntie Donna fame. He's behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, What I found remarkable, like, this was the first time I lived with guys, like, full on. Um, If we were outside, that is having, like, beers outside. Um, yeah, is that now that you think of it, isn't it weird that you're one of the first guys I've ever lived that with? That you went from, um, that you went from all girls to all boys. Yeah. Um, if we're sitting outside and we're having beers or something and there was like a gathering of friends, the guys would just get up. We had a fairly large backyard in Ballarat, but would get up and walk to the fence and piss on the fence. Yeah. I'd never seen that before because women don't just get up and go around the corner and pop a squat. Yeah. Like we go inside and use the toilet, but men would just get up and piss in a bush. Was that something that was like, that's, is that a man thing? I can't, I don't think you would do that. I, I, I don't remember doing that. Like, I don't think you would do that in a quarter acre block normally. That was probably us just being gross uni boys. But I grew up on an acreage. I grew up on like a bit of property and, um, I, if you were like out doing bushwork, if you were burn, like if you were burning, mm. like if you were making fires or like mm. whatever it is that I would begrudgingly do on the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah, you would pee. You wouldn't go into the house. You would just pee on a tree. Yeah, that sounds remarkable. But to why me. wouldn't you? Yeah, but I can't. It's very. Can you imagine if I was just like I'm just gonna go piss no, on the no. street? No, no. I remember there was a bit of a like during like the like peak kind of girl boss era. There was like a lot of stuff about men peeing, mm. and I remember there was a big thing about like men shouldn't be allowed to pee outside. No, I and I and I remember thinking, I, I reckon. I reckon you've made a good observation. I reckon women should be able to pop a squat. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember the last time I popped a squat, and yeah. it was. With a guy, I was I was twenty. Um, we were out in Chapel, like not on Chapel Street, but that club that we always talk about. That was like that was a piece of shit club where all those like gross cunts went uh, out in South Yarra. You're talking about Revolver? No, because Revolver's great. No, no, not Revolver. It was that r- gross one where like there's a lot of coke. <gasps> oh, and-, and the big blue, the big mm. pint of blue drink. Yeah, called Marky Mark or something. Something or- like that. Um, anyway, we were going there and I was, and that was, oh man, they had, I remember, can I just, they had a CD, they had a CDJ, like well past CDJs being a thing, you know, like he had like the little CD wallet and he would play like, brilliant. Anyway, go on. You were there. Um, we were going there and I was drunk and I was with a friend of mine from, I have not seen him probably since this night, but his name was Daniel Boren. Shout out to you, Daniel. Um, who definitely isn't listening to this podcast. Daniel. Daniel. Um, 
and we both really needed to pee. So he's like, well, we'll go down behind this, down this alley. So him and I, like he grabbed my hand and we ran down this alley. We turned around and he took a piss and I popped a squat next to him. That's great. That's just uh, just the last I time remember, I remember popping a squat in public. I remember when I was at, like, I performed at Splendor in the Grass a couple of times at a music festival. And I remember there was a time, like, where, where we were driving in to, like, the backstage area. And because of that, you could sort of see a fence area where people were entering. And it mm. took a long time to people for people to get in. And I, like, there was one time where I saw, like, three or four girls popping a squat. And it was funny because my first reaction was, like, well, that's full on. And then I was like, no, hmm. pop a squat, girls. Yeah, absolutely. I had to, like, check myself. <laughs> Pop away. You've grown so much. Pop a squat, ladies. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, on that lovely subject of public pissing, should we now talk about ER? Yes. Before we do, (laughs) before we talk about this episode... I was going to check with you before we recorded. Should we do a trigger warning or are we just going to avoid- I've got that in my thing. Sick. All right. Great. All right. So- this is a legit trigger warning, I'd yeah. say. We'll, we'll, we'll just- avoid- We won't go too heavy on it. Nothing. I'm sure you talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I'm doing intro. ER episode 7, season 12, The Human Shield, opens with a man holding who we believe to be his daughter in his arms while shooting wildly at police as they shoot wildly at him. It's one of those situations in movies or television shows where there's just bullets flying. There's no aim or precision. Very full on. Yeah, the police are just shoot, shoot, shooting. In all seriousness, though, I think anything... Do you do do like an outright trigger warning in this? Um, Both him and the girl in his arms get shot. Uncle Jesse from Full House dressed as a paramedic enters. It was Stamos? It's, it's Stamos. I was like, that kind of looks either that's Stamos or it's like Stamos's brother. No, it's Stamos. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Stamos doesn't have a brother. It's you know, Stamos, sometimes it's like- Stamos around the time he went on Carrie Ann Kennelly when he was really drunk. Do you remember that? No. But we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, our favorite doctor, Victor Clemente, played by Johnny Legs, asserts his power by holding stern meetings with the other doctors and nurses pretty much every episode so far. Um, he does do a bit of a fuck up and doesn't give uh, a patient fluids when he should have and she dies. And this is the small girl that was shot at the start. When he makes this mistake, he really pisses off practical magic. So as like, again, like we did in the last episodes, I don't know these actors' names. I'm referring to them as movies that I've seen them in previously. Is Practical Magic the Eastern Europe? The, the Eastern, European Eastern European evil man. guy, yeah. Practical Magic gets over it fairly quickly because when Liar Liar is in the middle of an emotional breakdown regarding the dead patient, he makes kisses with her. <laughs> Shane West is also, also in a fair bit of trouble because the 14-year-old Cat Dennings' dad finds out that he had sex with his daughter Cat Dennings and bashes him up in a car park. John continues to play Victor Clemente, the doctor who owns our myocardial, which is the medical term for heart muscle. 
Very good. Yeah. Uh, quick trigger warning before we go into the depths of this episode. This episode tackles some really full on stuff like kidnapping, sexual abuse, and pedophilia. We won't be going into too much detail about it, but if you are interested in watching the episode or f- listening to the rest of this podcast, please be aware that they are topics that will probably come up once in a while. Yeah. Mm. Although, as I've thought it through, mm. we don't have to go too in depth. No, on that, just so. know that that's, that's a part of this episode. If you're planning on watching it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, this is a kind of like the ER-arama is a thing you can totally follow. Like, you know, you can keep watching it with us if you want to. Just be aware that episode seven of season 12 tackles full, some really fucking full, full on stuff. On. Full on. I did not expect it to get that full on. I, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy for years and it never really goes there. You know? ER. Look, here's what I'm going to say. I love ER. I love ER. I wish we had been doing ER-arama from the fucking start. I love ER. No offense, Johnny Legs. Johnny Legs. No, I'm, you know, because I'm just going to watch ER Mm. now. Oh, it's so good. It is. And the difference though. So good. I am a Grey's fan, right? I Like, not really. I'm not a Grey's Anatomy fan. I'm definitely not a diehard supporter. But as I have discussed previously in this podcast, I will go through little spurts every two to three years where I watch back-to-back episodes of Grey's Anatomy for about two to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just because it's so addictive. ER is a lot more dramatic. And I don't mean dramatic in a, a lovey relationship, McDreamy, McSteamy sense. They have a little bit of that. It's there, but I do feel like often with Grey's, the relationships amongst the doctors seem to be- The most important. The most important. Whereas with ER, it's a lot more about what's going on with the patients and the hospital and the operating- of that hospital. Here's the thing that, like, it makes me really want to go back. This episode made me... Because re- the last episode we watched was the monkey episode, yes? Yes. Which was very silly. Silly little lip. And then this episode was very serious. Mm. And this made me go, I think this is what the show was for the first five or six seasons. This is what the show is at its... is very serious, very, like, mm. in-depth. Here's two things I love. Actually, these are just two separate thoughts. So I'll just bring up one of them. I really, really love art or entertainment about people at work. Like people working. Oh my God. Yes. I love, um, I think law and order has this. Mm. Uh, I think all the president's men has this spotlight is a great Mm. example. I just love films where. Any, any cooking films. Cooking films. Chefs and stuff. Yeah. Just like. Like the film, the drama, everything is about them at work doing their job Mm. really well. I just, I love that genre. It's a pretty rare genre, but it's, ER's got that energy. Yes. Like uh, I was watching ER with my partner, not this episode, the next one. um, And she said, it reminds me of Law and Order SVU, um, which is interesting because this is the one that tackles similar themes. But the next one doesn't. But I was like, yeah, it does in the sense that it's like, very intense, very mm. dramatic, but it's just people working and yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Same. I also love the energy. Second thing I was going to say was something that I find really, really interesting is because like from our vantage point of like, um, what's the, sh- what's the, like streaming and everything. Yeah. I look at a weekly medical show as a genre. I look at like weekly medical dramas as a genre, like yeah. as the overarching thing. Watching ER, comparing it to Grey's Anatomy, I think 
It's less that medical dramas are a genre. It's more that they're like a structure and the, and then you can put the genre on it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's like, all right, this is set in a hospital because of all the confines, all of Oh, the, that's very good, Zach. The yeah. way that uh, network television works, it's history, the confines of it. You know, this is a sort of type of um, a way to tell a story. And it's like Grey's Anatomy and ER are different genres. They have the same sort mm. of thing. They're, yes. they're both set in hospitals. They're both built around like weekly kind of cases and but they're completely different genres. One's like yes. almost like social realist mm-hmm. in its way. And then the other is like soap almost. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. You don't get soapy vibes from ER. No. It's a lot more like a like a drama, I suppose. And I love, like I a love. study of, I suppose. But also there is some like bum, 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 Oh, it is what stuff. it is. I mean, it's, like, it's a network TV show. Yeah. But it's a good one. Yeah. And I feel like we're watching the later seasons. Which I is am pa- so keen to go back. Me too. I want to watch the George Clooney era so bad. I want to watch like. I, Seasons re- three to six. I was just going to fucking say. Oh, like bitch. That. Yeah, man. Season like, three to six, I reckon, of this show is yum, yum, yummy. Yeah, just like knows what it is, really yeah. gets into it. Because it is, it's just like, it's what I really like, right, about the ER as the point of focus is. It's, it's like the most intense point in the, like the, the, the meta, it's just intense. Mm. These shows can kind of waffle a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these shows can be very like, um, like the, when they're not great, it's very like, oh, hi, you've got this. Yeah. Oh, we've tried to do this. Medical oh, they're term, dead. Medical I'm term, sad. Term, yeah. And then, whereas this show, it's like. It's always, it's just on so it. quick. Do you know what it also is? I've just kind of realized now. One of the reasons I like ER in comparison to Grey's is it's dirtier. Mm. Everything in Grey's is quite white and clean. And if someone gets hurt, a little spray bottle of blood might, whatever. This is a bloody show. Mm. ER is fucking bloody. It's so realistic. It's almost unrealistic. Well, I've yeah. never been in an and ER the way like it's that. Shot it's almost like well. a war hospital. Yeah, I know. It's like. so fucking full on. But the way it's shot is kind of shaky as well. It's very fast paced and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it brings you in. <laughs> like, and do you know what? Funnily enough, it's an older show. This is, we're watching like 2005-ish era, right? But it's Daddy from the Guizamo. 90s. Daddy Guizamo era. But it's from the 90s. Um, but it's funny because I feel like it it's it holds up better than more recent shows like i've watched mm. medical dramas from like now mm. that compel me less i think because the because it's in an er it has the like immediacy of like yeah. someone who's on tiktok i i'm like i'm with it the only thing that isn't like realistic at all is that everyone is very hot it's not realistic no that but like all this show genuinely everyone's hot even the not hot ones. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like everyone. Do you hot. know who I am fiercely attracted to? Oh, I love this. Who? Third Rock from the Sun. Great. What's her name? Because she's in Third this. Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Okay. So the 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 sister. But I mean, they're aliens in Third Rock from the Sun. I haven't seen that show in forever either. But the tall sister in the, Third the Rock from the Sun. The one that looks a bit like the one that could play the mother or the older sister of. The, the one from that 70s show. Yes. Looks a bit like her. Got similar vibes to that 70s show. If you followed show. this, then you are true Mission Zach fans. <laughs> because 
There was like, honestly, we're recording this for other people and we just spoke pure missions out. But we're trying to explain to you, yeah, just like you throwing ever, yeah. every, you have to be on board with about five shows from yeah. the 90s to be following <laughs> right now. I'm fiercely attracted to Third yeah. Rock from the Sun. I'm not trying to objectify her at all. I just, oh, I just, she's the kind of person I'm in awe of. And I, I think of baby Mish, like, you know, 12 year old, 13 year old Mish would just be like, what a fucking deck and Amazon. Am- Amazon. Yeah. I have a big, like, this is like, I'm not, yours is like really like great. Cause she's Profound. An Amazon and, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just going to say the prettiest one, but I have the biggest crush on Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, do you? I have such a big crush on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think there's something about like I think it it, it just just hitting like she's a, I think she's like the head nurse yeah yeah but I think it's like but the actress like I've, oh, I've yeah. had a crush on her in other things I think it's Velma it's like, Velma I think it's a Velma <laughs> it's thing. a Velma thing <laughs> but I that's just, the most Zach thing you've ever said <laughs> <laughs> no but there's something about that like I think I think it's one of those things you know like can I just say very very mm. confidently I'm sorry but if someone if you were held hostage. And you were going to die unless I answered a question relating to you. And they put Daphne and Velma from Scooby-Doo in front of me and said, which one would Zach date? <laughs> You'd be alive to tell the tale because there is no doubt in my mind See, that you're a Velma if, if man. If I got Shaggy and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I would struggle for you. Only because I don't think either of them yeah, quite meet. But I think I'd go Shaggy. Well, but what if it was all four of them? Ah, well, we're not playing that game. Yeah. Because that's hard. And is it the actors or is it the... The character. No, nah, I've, I've got to choose out of two. Okay. But out of all four, mm. that makes me think to, think it's one of the girls if you've introduced them to the mix. Um, I, I would say that I, I'm most physically attracted... Oh, no, we'll go with the guys. We'll go with the guys because it would be a guy. Um, and you're not allowed to bring Buffy into this. No. So it's, it's, okay, we'll, we'll go off the movie. You're allowed to say, I'm attracted to the one that Buffy plays. Because you're going off Velma from the movie, we'll go off the movie. So am I in love or would I go for Freddie Prince Jr.'s blonde character, whose name I've forgotten, or Matthew Lillard's Shaggy? I think Shaggy. Yeah, it would be Shaggy. Matthew Lillard's got a great energy. Yeah, I generally, it's quite I think nice. he's got a good vibe. He gives like he's from Scream. But here's my thing: Mish. <laughs> he was in Scream. He was in Scream. Here's my thing, though: is I don't know if you would. It, my thing is like, would you? Are you? Are you more attracted to Shaggy? On a physical, or is Shaggy like the one you'd be like, oh god, I can't believe I'm yeah Shaggy. Yeah, that, well, no, I'm more attracted to Shaggy. So yeah. based solely on a visual, yeah. I'm more attracted to Shaggy in terms of personality. Probably Velma. Yeah, Velma's got it all. But Daphne's hot. <laughs> yeah, Daphne's hot. Daphne's hot. Um, um, but I also like uh, uh, Velma from Freaks and Geeks yeah. as well. It's it's a there's something about I think it's the late nineties-ness of it all. It's the nineties-ness, yeah, like uh, you know, mm. what if God was one of us? Yes. Isn't it ironic? Bit like Fiona Apple, kind of <laughs> bit of Fiona Apple. There's just something there. There's like a something in my brain of like rage playing on ABC yeah. and me at a certain age just being like, mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that this. one's good. <laughs> um, I just the third rock from the sun does it for me. 
Um, they're all hot. That's the thing is that they're all hot. It's this ER of any show ever, mm. I think, truly of any show ever, more than more than more than um, other shows is truly and I've looked at casts of other like of other seasons like mm-hmm. I've looked at the it is the ultimate of all oh, that per- it, it is I, I wanted to do a tweet where I just said like if you love um a- attractive interesting looking attractive people that could have been leads but mm-hmm. are mostly third third or fourth build yeah ER is your show. And like I would say like that's a very Johnny Legs show, but Johnny Legs is like second or third build. So there is an element of Johnny Legs being in this show where he is the famous one. Yes. Which is so interesting because Johnny Legs is rarely the famous one in a project. Yeah. Well, that's not true. He's done a lot of projects where he's the famous one, but a very popular. He's often second or third build. Yeah. Whereas I- this is a you're right, is a show for third or fourth build. But they scored Johnny Legs. Yeah, like it's like, yeah. Or maybe we've like lost our perspective. But no, I think Johnny Legs is more in the second or third. Like Johnny Legs, because when I was watching, I was like, why did they only have him on for 12? Like what? And then I'm like, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think maybe he agreed to do 12. Mm. I think it was maybe more. Something's got to happen with him though, because so there was this thing, he was pretty predominant in this episode because what happened was the little girl got shot at the start Mm. and liar liar took her under her wing and was like i will like she was kind of like the the doctor on this episode was devastating really good like properly good oh good drama very good and well written yeah um so this little girl um has been shot and uh liar liar goes well we've got a give her some fluids. Now I don't really understand a lot of the medical jargon, but John Leguizamo comes in and he's the head attending. So they all have to do what he says. He just goes, she doesn't need fluids. What she needs is time. Can I say quickly on yeah. the, on the jargon? Cause this is like, I think mm. one of those stories that can spread out over the pod. Mm. One thing on the jargon, that's the one thing about this show that I like it, but the one thing about it compared to other shows is most medical shows um, the dynamic is th- that there's a scene where the doctor has to explain to the patient what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So then we can, we can understand what's yes. wrong with them. Or there's a doctor that goes medical jargon and then someone responds, right. So what you want me to do is. Yeah. Yeah. But like, because most medical shows don't have the time, like the time pressure, it's mm. like, well, it looks like you've got this and they do the scene that happens in real life where they explain to them. Mm-hmm. But because this show is always life and death, there's no time to explain to the patient yes. what's happening. So, so it's just I have jargon, no idea. Jargon, well, other jargon, than the fact jargon. that this girl was shot in the tummy, I have no idea what they were going to do to save her. But John comes in, he's like, she doesn't need fluids. What she needs is time. And once we have time, we can do insert some medical jargon here. And Lyle goes, I'm pretty sure. And then practical magic comes in and he's like, she needs fluids. And John Leguizamo is like, I'm the head attending. And he's real chill about it. He's like, she doesn't need them. I know she doesn't need them. She needs time. He leaves. This little girl dies because she didn't get fluids. Mm. And then John finds out. He's like, what? What do you mean? Hold on a second. No, there was a 95% chance that she would survive. And he's like, well, you got the 5%. Practical magic is pissed. Mm. Then there is this fucking amazing scene in like the locker room or something. Because John gets a blood nose, obviously from stress or something. I should call him Victor. Respect to the character. Victor gets a blood nose. Clemente. Liar, liar goes to treat him. And 
uh, he goes, I'm really sorry about that patient because very clearly liar, liar had a, a connection to this patient based on what had happened to this patient. And um, she goes, it's fine. It's fine. And then there's just, there's the script. It was one line. It was one line. He literally just, they, they meet, they meet eyes. There's silence for about 20 seconds. He's like, I'm genuinely really sorry. Like he was really sorry. Yeah. I think he's just like, no, no. I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. I'm like, and and it's just it was like, just like, I felt it in my tum. Like almost this idea of like, like. He's sorry. so good. And like the idea, and it's, su- it's such good writing. Cause usually, usually. I want to cry thinking about it. It was so good. And this is where I was like, this is why I love this show. Because like, I think that like. This was in a time when the best writers, all they had was network TV, yeah. right? So now the best writers. Oh, this is such a good point. Oh, hit it, Zach. <laughs> now the best. And I was going to say it's good. It's fucking good. Now the best writers are working on the Netflix shows, on the on the HBO shows, on the all of these shows, and 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 well, but then if you're a really really good writer and you're not on Sopranos. You're on ER. Like, there was less shows. So, the best writers were working yeah. on network TV back then. Yeah. And now network that- TV is kind of like, I don't I don't know, Shonda Rhimes still does a lot of network TV, I suppose. But, like, no, you're so right. Now they're all working on, like, they would be, the there streaming would be, services. There would the be big, yeah. great writers working on ER mm-hmm. at that time. The, the writers now. And, and that is, the writing, like, that scene, I feel like... In a in in most on most TV shows in a more underwritten show, he would have said more. He would have said like, yes. I, "I've never." Uh, he would have explained his thinking. There would have been have, like a reason why he did the yeah. And he would have like explained that no, I really mean this. Mm. Blah 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 blah. But literally, he says the same thing. Yeah, twice. the script would have read, "Victor Caliente, I'm sorry, uh, liar, liar." That's fine. Then liar, liar gets a swab for his nose. Before she can put it on, he takes her hand. Victor Clemente, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's how it would have read. But, but And it's just like, it is the most, I want to go back just to watch that scene. It is a, like, it It just in, in a fucking 15, 20 second period, it's just like, he is so good. Mm. And, mm. oh, this is probably a bit of a spoiler alert unless we get it out earlier and then you know from the episode anyway. There's a similar vibe in this movie we watched called Meadowland and we lost all the fucking audio yeah, for audio Meadowland. That, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that another time. It's the one time in our history of doing Legazama Rama, the one time we've lost audio. But there's well, a not s- the one time we've lost The one time we've irrever- irrevocably. Yeah, we've been unable to fix it. Um, anyway, uh, there's a scene in Meadowland where he's at the diner and he's yeah, sitting yeah, across yeah. from that dad. And it's a similar, the script would have read as nothing. Like, I have to leave now or something like that. Or, yeah. And that's, that's why I feel like that. And it's just, but he just says so much with his eyes. He's so good. It's good. also, if you give Johnny, Johnny legs can work. Oh, I'm going on legs. Right yeah, now. All right, go legs has done a lot of movies where arguably the writing's shocking or shit fine. or fine. Right. And he does amazing with it. He can make it work because he is brilliant. Yeah, we love Johnny Legs. But when Johnny Legs is given good script. Oh. And and oh. good script and not and like and like not, not much else to do. Because he's a, he's a good character actor. But when he's given good script and like not not character, just like him, like just a yeah. There's a scene in Moulin Rouge. I haven't seen Moulin Rouge in a long time. And I definitely, if we weren't doing this podcast, would have watched it already. But I'm holding off to watch it for I, the pod. I watched, can I just say, I watched something recently. I watched Chef. 
Just watch, for fun. Just for fun. I was like, I can't keep holding off on Chef. I've got to watch Chef. I'm holding off on Chef too. But there's a scene in uh, Moulin Rouge. Spoiler alert for Moulin Rouge. Um, where Ewan McGregor's crying and Toulouse Lautrec, played by Johnny Legs, comes over and he's like, things aren't always as they seem. I believe in love and I believe with it with every, like a lot of people think I'm like this, mm. but I believe in love. I believe in it with every fiber of my being. It's a very small scene, but it is phenomenal. Do you know what Johnny like? Legs, it, it's such, Hollywood's done him such a disservice. Do you know, He's so good. Do you know what I think the test of a great actor is? There are actors that wouldn't be good in a Baz Luhrmann film, right? Mm. Like there are great actors that would struggle. Like I don't think uh, um, fucking Joaquin Phoenix would do all that well mm. in a... But although I think he'd pull it off. Absolutely. Joaquin Phoenix was a poor choice. He's very good. But he he, he does like a kind of method acting mm. of what I mean is... Christian Baz- Bale. Yeah, right. <laughs> Baz Lu- Well, no, because he's great in... Um, in uh, American Psycho, and that oh, has yeah. a sort of a, heightened. heightened. But Baz Luhrmann, I think the true test of an actor is if they can bring truth to a Baz Luhrmann film because he's mm. asking for something very heightened mm. and very specific. And I think that I think when sometimes when actors like come undone in his films is when they then go to truth or yeah. try to play real. Yeah. That's why I loved, um, I, I bang on about him all the time and I can, I always forget his name. <laughs> what movie? Um, uh, he's Kathy Freeman's ex <laughs> and he's in, uh, he's, he's the nasty one in Great Gatsby, uh, Aussie actor. He was in Richard Wish Rox- You Were Here. Mm-hmm. Not Richard, Richard Roxburgh does very yeah. well. Oh, what is his name? I always I don't forget even know his who you're name. talking about. No, you do. You do. I, I just and I just always forget his name. Do you know who's really good in um, Moulin Rouge? Is we should do Moulin Rouge. Uh, John Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Jim, yeah. Jim Broadbent. Sorry. Love Jim. He's Broadbent. got a good Baz Luhrmann vibe because he can bring these big characters. Everything's going so well. Joel Edgerton. Oh, okay. I know. Joel Edgerton is so good in Great Gatsby because, like, when he plays real, he still does it through the heightened. Mm. And Johnny Legs has that as well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point is brilliant writing. Mm. Brilliant writing to trust the acting. Yeah. Like the idea that I'm sorry can be a thing we say. We say sorry all the time, but also there can be a sorry with depth. Mm. Brilliant. Do you know the scene I loved in this film? Was it the part episode? where she was crying and so he kissed her? That yeah. was full on. Go on, sorry. No, they, were, they, they had a past, I presume. Yeah, I didn't know that. But also, like, she's crying. She's literally like, this is the worst thing that's happened. And his way of fixing it is kiss. It's very... Oh, I saw it more as them, like, falling into old habits. I saw it as, oh. like, a, they're both... But I, I don't know the history. I thought he was trying to take away her pain with sex. I, I saw it more as, like, these, like, two people that are so in... It. I saw it as similar, but I saw it as they were both a bit broken. Okay, well, I'm not a big fan of Practical Magic in this show because he's got it out for... Uh, but I think there's a bit of ego at play and I'm, 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 I hope that they can sort it out. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? That was the scene I loved because I thought that I watching it. So there's, I, so practical magic is really mad at, at Clemente, who Mm. is Johnny legs. He's really mad at Clement at, at Johnny legs because Johnny legs made a call that if it didn't kill the child, if it, if, it, if if the girl wasn't going to die anyway, like if it wasn't the reason she died, it was the reason she died when she died and she could have still been awake to see her family after having been, um, she had been away from her family for a long time. The man had kidnapped her. 
it was a really, really sad circumstance and really, really sad choice. Right. And he was really, really angry. And he was like, this is all your fault. Mm. And like, while they were trying to save her, like Johnny legs, like cut her open and started like Mm. massaging her heart in person. And like, it was this really intense scene where Johnny legs was trying to keep her alive past the point that he probably should have. And then practical magic was like, yelling at him about you should have done the fluids and stuff. And I was like, this is a really intense thing of like, he knows he's fucked up and he's sad and um, uh, practical magic is angry because of this. And then she has this scene where she, in the apartment, she's like, I'm not, he's like, he, I thought she was going to go and they were going to be mad at Clemente together. And then she's mad at practical magic because he was taught, he was like, he, he was having a fight with him while she died, where mm. she's like, while she was dying on that table, you were having an argument about what you would have done. And it was just like, yeah. it, it hit me because I didn't even pick up on that. Like, that's not where I thought Liar the drama Liar was. Liar is brilliant in this show. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just this I thing feel like, like we should do us some respect to learn her name. Yeah. Well, we should learn everyone's <laughs> names. We haven't even talked about Bend It Like Beckham, who is also great. And yeah, Bend It Like Beckham's doing a real good job. But but just genuinely, like, I just felt like like there was this amazing, that, that scene where she's, like, mad at him mm. as well. And she's like, even though he was right, the fact that he was, like, f- like more concerned about being right than... The fact that there was a dead child. Yeah, there. and it was just like, I didn't even see that that was the issue. I didn't even see mm. that's why she was sad. Like, I just thought it was a, and it was just such a great thing of like, I don't know, these shows are often very much like the people, the characters that die are the catalyst often Mm. for the personal drama of the doctors. Yeah. And I thought it was a really great moment of being like, no, no. Yeah. It's not our personal drama, it's her death. Yeah. And that other bit, fuck, this was a good episode. This is such a good episode. The other, I would love to know who, maybe who wrote it would be worth of note. Keep talking to me. Um, but also it was the writer's room, so who knows? Like, but the the bit where the um, where the police officer who potentially was the reason she died, mm. the police officer that was shooting at yes, the guy, yes, and he goes and he goes to her to liar liar. Mm. <laughs> he goes after the lo- after the last few months that she's had. Maybe maybe it's better off. Maybe she's better off like this. Mm. And then, like, um, lie, lie, fuck, we should learn the note. When she's like, what does she say? She says, um, I don't think anyone's ever better off dead or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, fuck. Fuck, this is a heavy show for 8.30 so on a on. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, from memory, it was on a bit later. Because it was MA. Yeah, I think it was on a bit later because my mum – had a thing for George Clooney and my mum's a nurse and she gets very thingy about medical dramas, mm. but she watched it sometimes for George Clooney. I remember it was like around my bedtime. Um, so the writer of this was a guy named Michael Crichton. Um, and fun. Did fact, he write this episode? Not created by. No, he wrote this episode. Cause he created this series. I didn't know he was, but he was also on. right. He wrote the episode. Wow. Yeah, so he has yes, in terms I know of his filmography, yeah. he has 50 credits as a writer, including including Jurassic Park. Do you, but do you know And he, Twister. Do you know Michael Critchett, he he wrote he wrote the books. What books? 
He wrote the book of Jurassic Park. Get fucked. He's the yeah. He's like this. Jurassic Park wrote ER season. Not only twelve. Not only that, seven? This is where I think I just want you to double check that he didn't just because I thought he just created the concept. No. Because oh, Michael. There's another writer as well. Yes, right. Yeah. And, but no, they're both listed as writers called R. Scott Gemmill, and he also wrote on NCIS LA. Oh, R. Scott. Um, and Jag. He wrote for Jag. <laughs> Ah, Scott, you deserve... Ah, Scott. You jump over to the streamers, The R stands man. for really fucking good at what he does. Yeah, really good at writing. Yeah. No, because Michael Crichton, he is... He create. He's like the the big high concept sci-fi book guy. He he did um, uh, Jurassic Park, OBS. He wrote... I'm trying to find... Like, so okay. many of his books well, have from been adapted now, into Now films. I've had a proper look. It does look like R. Scott Gremmel... Or Gemmel, sorry. Wrote this episode. And once he finished with uh, ER, he moved straight on to NCIS uh, LA and has been writing for that ever since. So he just Amazing. has had the one job with NCIS Someone LA needs from to 2009. Oh, big time. He's Someone been working over for them at from Netflix 2009. or HBO needs to poach him from the networks, I reckon. Oh, yeah, for sure. This guy's great. Um, let's do a very, 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 very quick touch on Bend It Like Beckham and Shane West. Bend It Like Beckham is trying to protect Shane West because uh, 14-year-old Kat Dennings' dad has found out that, she, that Kat Dennings is on some pills. And on, me- on medicine on for medicine. chlamydia. Yes, for sexually transmitted disease. And he comes into the hospital and demands to know why. Bend it like Beckham's like, I'm not going to tell you why she's on this medication. She can tell you if she wants. She's like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. And then um, Shane West there. And she's just like, oh, my God, look, it's Shane West. And he's just like, oh, I don't know anything about this, whatever. And then that night, walking out, the dad brutally bashes Shane West. Not like one punch and then you're done. So as much as this was the the funny story of the last episode being like a boom, 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 you had sex with a 14 year old. It's now becoming a bit more serious. It is stepping up, but still, still wonky. Well, no, at least there was a line in there where Bendit like Beckham was like, you could go to jail for this. Absolutely. So at yeah. least it's like, okay, so it is addressed that this is highly illegal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Immoral and wrong. And then the dad <laughs> is like brutally upset. Like, and not just like a punch and you had sex with my daughter. I'm mad. It's like a, you had sex with my 14 year old. I think he says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. If you come and, anywhere near her, I'll kill you. Yeah. And it's really funny because it's like, um, they try to make it look like he's the villain though. Yeah. Like oh, I do. I do want to say that. Like the dad is played off as like the bad guy for bashing Shane West. It's like, okay. Shane West, an adult man had sex with his 14. No, I think daughter. it's like, it's one of those things where it, it's it, usually when someone res- resorts to violence, particularly because there's a context that, she didn't tell Shane where, so like the dad does need to have a conversation with his daughter. But I, it's one of those rare occasions where I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching him like, okay, yeah. I reckon if I was that dad, I would go, okay, mm. I'm gonna go beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. Then we're gonna come home and have a chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then we're gonna have a conversation about like, what were you doing out? Why didn't you tell him your age? But first, I'm just gonna beat the absolute <laughs> shit out. <laughs> watching it and I'm just like I don't I'm I'm I I hate violence I do not enjoy no it. and I'm I not especially and- hate that I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of him mentality yeah I think that alpha male bullshit is so it's like my it's one of my least favorite things on the planet yeah 
I, I watched to the end of this scene and didn't blink it. I was fine. It's, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that what he did was right. Yeah. I'm saying there's a very fair argument that the fact that this is the kind of guy that would bash up a person that that um, didn't even know yeah. rather than have a conversation with his daughter about why she was out in a club mm-hmm. lying about her age, um, questioning how she could stay the night, mm. you know, all these things. All of that is absolutely relevant. I think there's a great conversation to be had there. But also, I was like, yeah, but you you can bash up Shane West. <laughs> you can bash up Shane West. I can understand why that happened. Yeah, that's me. But even that. Shane West was like... Didn't fight back, really. Because, like, like, Bend it like Beckham is like, oh, my God, stop, stop security. And then she's like, I'll go call the police. And he was just like, nah. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't call nah, the police. He's like, you know what? Uh, it's yeah, it's good. I think I think I'll I'll give him this one. Yeah. How um, many Leguistamos do you give this episode? I'm bumping it up to a four. This one gets a four. It was a I thought such a good example of what Johnny Legs can yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I thought the episode was captivating. Mm-hmm incredibly disturbing and somehow managed to create all of that in a 45 minute drama episode of television where there would have been ad breaks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but it was, it was, it was so well done. And I think that Johnny legs in it. Phenomenal. I, I was really not doubting him, but that last episode with the monkey, I was just kind of like, what are we watching and what has Johnny Legs been brought in for? I think they were just trying a thing with the character. Yeah. I think it was a real network TV moment mm. of like, I just don't think they're going to mention the monkey within a few weeks. Yeah. Because I think it was the wrong call for that character. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it gets four Leguistamos for me this episode. I give it four and a half Leguistamos. Woo! Woo! But for the same set of reasons. Yeah. Like that... He he really got a good uh, good good a bit of acting in yeah. there. The only half star is purely because it's an ensemble show. It's hard to give a full Leguistamo to an ensemble show. Exactly right. Mish, thank you so much. Um, what should Tom uh, bring this episode out with? The ER theme. He can't do that every time. Do you know what I was thinking? I think he should open with the ER theme. I think it should be like peace. I hate the word. Doom de doom. And I reckon, because we haven't released any of them yet. We can ask him to do that. I reckon he should do it from the Well, top. he took a week off a couple of weeks ago. So I feel like we like, you have to do an episode and a song for us. I reckon, little. I reckon you can be hearing this now as we come to the realization. <laughs> so Tom, um, we'll, let's make a mental note to message mm. him. But um, Tom, can you, from the start, mm. let's make a me- mental note to message him that. Um, for the end of this... Just put on a song that you like, Tom, from oh, 2005. No, I've got a... Uh, Mish just learnt that the creator of ER was Michael Crichton, oh, yeah. so can we have the Jurassic Park? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right, awesome. Um, we'll see you guys next week for more ER. Don't forget to watch along with us. You can. It's on Prime Video, which I believe is... In Australia. In Australia, yeah. yeah. So you can watch all of the episodes, but we're focusing season 12, but you best believe Zach and I are going to be watching that season three to six era of VR. Going back to one, baby. Very soon. Thank um, you. We love you. Join us next week for whatever the next episode of VR is. Yeah.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.